Much of human life is about language and how one communicates internally with loved ones, with neighbors, with the world, in dreaming, in waking, in education and work, in play and family intimacy of sharing meals and humor, tender expressions of love and loving kindness. Many years ago, I heard a very beautiful story from East Asia from a scholar Houston Smith, late scholar Houston Smith. A renowned wise man awakened physically from being asleep physically. And he had been immersed in a dream while he was asleep, so profound that when he awakened physically, it took him several minutes to awaken in every other dimension of his being, from his soul to his heart to his mind, before he arose into the day. And he is ascribed to have said, I dreamed I was a butterfly who thought he was a man, or is it rather that I was a man dreaming he was a butterfly? And it became a teaching story over the centuries. I never learned from from Houston the name of the person the story is considered to be experienced by and then authored by. So the thread of the dream of God through my beloved professor continues as we speak in this autumn of dreaming. Today there was a gorgeous monarch butterfly at what we call the butterfly bush sitting outside the kitchen where Blaine and I sit to work uh, through the weekdays and the afternoons. I look out and there might be morning doves or white-winged doves or a pair of beloved cardinals, squirrels, blue jays, the ever-present pecan tree through all the seasons. And off to the right, at the area where I sit at this beautiful stone table, which we've had for many years, doing our work, I looked up and occasionally there'll be a beautiful butterfly, so we call it the butterfly bush. It's almost 50 years old, as old as the house. And I looked out today, midday, Blaine was talking, and I asked him, oh, pal, look, there's a monarch butterfly. Would you be willing to go out and take photographs so maybe he won't fly away or she won't fly away? He came back in with my phone and about six photographs, and the last one was astonishingly close, the butterfly had let him come within about a foot. But there was one, several photographs back where the butterfly was centered in the middle of the blossoms and the leaves outside in the backyard on this autumn day. Are all of us human beings? Human beings awakening into a dream of being God's butterflies? Or are we butterflies unconscious of the angelic wings of our ancestors guiding us? Literal angels from heaven watching over us spiritually in other dimensions of consciousness and in the grace of God itself? Or for secular humanists in the universal principles of cosmic energy? Are we butterflies dreaming ourselves into being humans? 
And so when we tell a story like this, <clears throat> I'm not proficient in other languages. I, I speak French in a rather childlike way, but I, I can read it quite well and speak it enough to have a loving conversation with anyone patient enough to stand beside me as I attempt for us to converse in that beautiful language. A great deal of Latin from my youth, which is very rusty now. And I know several people who are remarkable in languages, spoken languages, thought languages, Russian, Mandarin, Chinese, Sanskrit, Swahili, uh, tribal languages from the Shona to the Lua to the, the Zulu tribe. I knew a man who was driving me through Zimbabwe years ago, and he spoke four tribal languages. He was so proud of that. His wife is uh, from another tribe than, than himself, and he talked about how much easier it was for them because they could speak to one another and not fall into the mistranslations of someone wishing a dramatic hostility between the families. His whole body changed driving, talking about how much this meant to both of them. These translation points. So at the center of the heart and soul, we are a dream of God, partially realized historically with our genes of our color of eye, our level of perception of thought, our physical athletic abilities to carry water or run quickly or not. And we all too often measure these in mental competitive capacities in our culture. How fast could one run a mile? How much water could one carry in a brass or plastic jar on one's head? So we might have a young woman listening to this in Central Africa who carries water every day from her home with an empty jar before dawn. She walks out with her sister and she gathers water. One woman was in touch with me in this last several years of not knowing what to do because <clears throat> she was tending to be um, harmed physically. She would be uh, hit because it was taking her too long to bring the water, I tried explaining to her husband that the trees had been cut down and plants so close to their home that she had to walk literally twice the distance her mother did to get the water for morning meal and for the day. And he said, I don't care, she still has to get it more quickly. And so I was aware as a woman of a First Nation country, and how we speak about it politically these days, that Part of my job was to help her not get hit and him to stop hitting her by my helping everyone in the world to have greater access to potable water in greater proximity to one's place of origin, place of life, daily life. And that many people throughout the first and second world nations were not really helping with this. And that we were teaching people of second and third world nations, wouldn't you like a designer handbag or a necktie? Rather than how shall we all care for the water, which is 92% of our bodies. So that dream of God moving through the water, the great ocean of consciousness and love that comprises us all as human beings, moves as a great butterfly, as a dream of God bringing potable drinking water to every human being upon the earth. No designer handbag ever needed. No fancy necktie ever needed. 
but the clothing one might wear on one's physical body to caretake that water in the sea, in the lake, in the river, in the stream, in the pond, in the glass or plastic or brass jug. For people who believe in reincarnation, in my last lifetime, I carried water in such a way. For people who don't believe in reincarnation, we could say that an aspect of my oversoul, <clears throat> which remembers the collective dimensions of the last century, remembers the carrying of water upon my head, upon the heads of women all over northeastern India, walking out to the river or the well or the stream or the small pond or lake. This is long before plastic, so most women inherited their brass jars from their grandmother. When one's grandmother or great aunt would pass, these beautiful hand-hammered vessels would be passed down to a girl within the family so she might caretake all the generations of her family. It was one of the great matriarchal responsibilities. And this exists all over the world, so it is so moving to me to have journeyed to countries all over our earth. And I will turn and watch, oh, there goes an old woman carrying the water for the day. Oh, there go two little girls carrying them in their hands as they run down. And then standing with them very erect in their posture, little water jar on their head. It's an experience I know very, very well. Something I've done in this lifetime in my father's parents' house. Sometimes we would go and pump water from their well with this beautiful old pump for the sheer joy of it, even though they had running water that had been installed in their home when my grandmother was a little girl. Very moving to me. The sense that the water was part of the dream of God. Is the water a butterfly turning into supporting human beings? Is the water an extension of the human soul? so that we care enough to go beyond all weapons and enact this grace of God or this grace of the secular universe. So in this dreaming too that we're speaking of today on this beautiful autumn day in the Northern Hemisphere and beautiful spring day in the Southern Hemisphere, how shall we care for our oceans? The oceanic swell of the butterfly water of this planet Earth so that one's grandchild or their grandchild could dream a dream of heaven on earth, not only in their spiritual aspirations, but in the transformative or uplifted positive aspirations of their mind, uplifted to believe, I could do this, we could care for the water of Iceland, Greenland, Norway, Sweden, Argentina, Chile, the Falkland Islands, New Zealand. We could do this. And then what begins to happen when one turns one's active dreaming to life is transformation begins to occur. It's powerful the literal grace of God, the energy of life itself begins to course through your soul, your heart, 
And through your intentions and your willingness to embody those aspirations or intentions beyond all harm, for the sake of this precious monarch butterfly, at the very heart of all that we are, all that one is, what would that be? What would that feel like? Well, that would be one's path. That would be one's highest path or truest path or natural path, no matter who one is, no matter one's age, no matter one's livelihood, no matter the possessions one has. I contemplated this last month, someone I knew very well who had quietly died over the summer, who was not very well known to people. So my prayers for him were simply modest and loving. And I was just very contemplatively present with generating a part of the benefit of any good works I should do over the next year or long period of time to benefit with the light of the divine, his soul, wherever he is to be, wherever he is to go, whatever he is to do. Like a lighthouse, so that it might shine a path for him, not toward me, but toward wherever it is in the oceans of this monarch butterfly. He's to journey for the sake of his brother, who's a colleague of mine I know, well and have cherished many years, sake of his family, the whole universe. As the COVID virus took us from him and him from us, butterfly disease carrying him off into the oceans of grace, Unexpected, yet tenderly being able to communicate with his family by computer. They could see one another, not physically, but not physically be together, but they could communicate. And so it was done with a great deal of love. And yet the poignancy for me was that whatever would be remembered of him is a dream of God, not the New York Times front page not Al Jazeera, not a newspaper from Beijing or Russia, no arguments, no importance in money and possessions and fame, no huge gifts given to a museum to hang on the walls. But the butterfly of who he is is at the butterfly bush tonight beside me. He is remembered by me in eternity is a wellspring of God, without whom his medicine man brother would be different, without whom I would be different. And yet, we go, who is this person? Well, who are you? Who am I? So if I were no longer alive today, I mean, I am physically alive, and God willing, will be for an, at least a handful of years as a quiet elder here. But when I'm gone from here, what will be remembered? I would wish for butterfly wings everywhere, clear water for every human being, that every young woman or man carrying water for his or her family would be cherished and cared for, that their soul is respected, their heart upheld, so that their lithe body could arise to carry whatever vessel to the watering hole, 
or turn whatever faucet or hose is on or pour carefully from a pitcher or a small bottle the most precious water that is the ocean within us all and the fire at the center of the earth and in the sun and the stars and the atmosphere all around us. The earth firmament, mountain, desert, sand, stone, earth below our feet. If that signature were remembered by me, aspired to by me, and practiced as a noble active form of daily living, well, wouldn't that signature allow us all to be holy family? And wouldn't that just be the dream of God we might call one's life? <laughs>